Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. All right, hello and welcome back once again to the Progress Texas Happy Hour, a uh, special edition for today. Uh, Chris Mosier here in as your host for this time. Uh, joining me today, uh, some of the usual crew, Advocacy Director Diana Gomez, Managing Director Brett Isaacs, and Senior Advisor Glenn Smith. And a special topic episode today as we gather together to try to make heads or tails of the news out of Washington, D.C. Uh, as of late on this new 15-week abortion ban that's been submitted to the U.S. Senate by Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Uh, the bill introduced a couple of days ago that would legislate a national abortion ban at 15 weeks. Now, we've spoken about all this before. Uh, these kind of bans are horrific and unacceptable to those of us uh, in the progressive world, but we're here to kind of try to figure out what all of this means. Uh, I want to direct over to, uh, to to Brett Isaacs. Brett, when I first heard that Lindsey Graham was doing this, I, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was something that couldn't possibly really be happening. Uh, I've gone to that to I'm pretty thoroughly confused and concerned about what is the strategy behind something like this. So uh, can you clarify for us exactly what is in uh, this proposed ban uh, and, you know, what Lindsay's strategy might be here? Well, first things first, Chris, I want to say I don't think that you're completely uh, you're. Usually it's a good strategy if Lindsey Graham does anything to assume that it's a joke, but unfortunately <laughs> he's very serious. Um, but so there is a lot of confusion and I do want to break it down for our listeners. The first thing I want to mention is I know there is some confusion um, about what this ban would do. Is it a restricting the ability of Republican dominated states to enact total abortion bans by saying you have to provide abortions until 15 weeks, or is it restricting the ability of Democratic-led states to provide abortions past 15 weeks? It is the second one. I just want to clarify for everyone. This ban, you know, would stop states from being able to offer abortions beyond 15 weeks. Um, And one thing our listeners are probably aware of at this point, but should be reminded of, is that most fetal abnormalities and complications that could threaten the life of the mother are discovered after 15 weeks. So this is an incredibly restrictive ban and we can't highlight enough, you know, how bad this is. Um, This would stop states like New York and California and Illinois from being able to provide abortion services to folks who live in states where there are total abortion bans. The, The biggest problem here is that Roe was overturned ostensibly to turn the issue back to the states. Now, that was always a lie, and we knew that, but I really didn't expect them to just say it with their chest so quickly and with so much force. I mean, that's a, they're really committing to just putting all of their evilness and cruelty on display. So what folks need to understand is that you know, this is a horrific messaging and political debacle for Republicans probably mostly because they are completely just putting on blast the fact that they are ready to just ban abortions and it's not a quote-unquote states right issue the other thing i would just want to mention um as we're you know getting into this discussion is that 34 states currently have either restrictions on abortions or no abortion bans that go beyond 15 weeks so if this abortion ban were to be passed into law it would restrict the ability of these states to determine how they provide abortion services, which again, just fundamentally goes against all of the nonsense 
um, rationale that Republicans gave for why they were overturning Roe in the first place. I mean, Lindsey Graham himself is a perfect example of someone who has been really big on talking about sending this issue back to the states and then himself is the messenger of this big change uh, right before these elections. Uh, Glenn, talk a little bit about here in Texas, we've seen uh, Republicans really very much trying to sidestep this issue, not only in what's you know presented on their social media and on their websites, but in what they want to talk about and in uh, in the uh, information that they have been suppressing about um, maternal mortality and uh, and women's health problems related to pregnancy that have come up since Roe was overturned. Can you address that at all? Sure. The way I put it is Republicans have uh, left the scene of their crime. They pretend that they didn't pass a trigger law in Texas, that they didn't pass SB 8, that Roe wasn't overturned by the Supreme Court. They have nothing to do with it. They never heard the term abortion before. They're just moderates trying to help everybody get along in the world. They're not answering reporters' questions here. Not one of them has talked about it yet, even though reporters have asked them. And the Houston Chronicle and the Texas Tribune has written a little bit about that. But it's very exaggerated. They just don't talk about the issue because the polls show them losing on it 60-65%. So they just decided to shut up as if they didn't do it. I think that's almost worse than doing it in the first place, right? Because it's so cynical. It's such like denying the public, you know, the truth about where they're coming from. Um, They're doing it to an extreme right now, as we've discovered just in the last week. Uh, The state has new statistics on maternal mortality in Texas, and they've decided not to release those until after the election. Surprise, surprise, because we know what they're going to show. They're going to show an increase in maternal mortality, and they don't want that in the news before the election because it can be connected to all of the health consequences, the reproductive health consequences, the women's health consequences, uh, the threat of putting doctors in prison for life, the threat of people getting sued if they assist in in an abortion. They don't want any of that talked about. So they're not even going to release critical statistics on things like maternal mortality in Texas. I think Lindsey Graham kind of broke this code of silence they have here in nationally. And your story in political was Republicans going, Lindsey, what are you doing? We don't want to talk about this, remember? We're supposed to shut up about it. What are you doing? Uh, so he kind of he kind of tipped us again that Republicans are all about restricting the health care available to women, and uh, we need to pay attention to that. All of this is what had led me to think that this must be some kind of a joke or a typo or an onion story or, or something like that when I first heard about it, but uh, unfortunately all too true. Uh, over to Diana Gomez. Tell us about your thoughts on what could be going through Lindsey Graham's mind. Is there some kind of, you know, surreptitious strategy behind all of this? What do you, what do, do you make heads or tails of this? I mean, I think at the end of the day, it just goes to show that this was never about states' rights, even though that's what, you know, Republicans have always been saying and what a lot of folks here have already mentioned. It's about power and control. Um, it's what Republicans have always tried to do is control what we're doing with our bodies. Um, if we can vote, when we can vote, where we could vote or not vote, and which populations they, they want to vote or, or not, but also who has the right to health care in this country. Um, I thought it was hilarious, and if anything, I know a lot of folks were, were shocked and, and disturbed by his proposal, but to me, it was the same as a lot of y'all. I was just like laughing because I know it's a thing that, like Glenn mentioned, Republicans are not talking about right now. They're shying away from. They know that they've dropped this huge bomb and they've let they've let the, the genie out of the bottle, and now they've faced the really terrible repercussions of a lot of young people registering to vote. What we saw in Kansas, you know, like, you know, I think he's just gone wild. Um, I know earlier 
we were talking about why he would do this. And um, I know there was this rumor going around that he threw, this was some sort of like temper tantrum um, because of the uh, gay marriage bill being brought up again. I don't know if you know more about that. Oh, that well, you know, that was just, I'm not sure it's wisdom because it's a rumor out of Washington, right? And we know what rumors out of Washington can be like, but it was a serious one that Graham was angry at that bill and the sort of widespread support among Republicans for that bill. And he decided to show them that by God, he could violate their code of silence on abortion by filing this bill. So it was sort of like, he, you know, we've seen him lose his temper before, right? Uh, in public, he sort of has one for a little bitty guy. He's got a great big temper. Um, <laughs> and it could well be what happened in this case, but it is just a rumor out of D.C. I mean, that that crossed my mind, too, and seemed just, as I was thinking this thought, I'm thinking, Chris, you're thinking crazy thoughts. Could Lindsey Graham be torpedoing his own party? Could it be a sabotage attempt of some kind? And that rumor kind of sem- seems to point in that direction a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about what does this mean for us? What does this mean for Democrats at this point? You know, is there is there any sort of a, a pivot or any sort of uh, strategic, you know, uh, information that we should draw from what's happened with this? I mean, I just think it's a really great win for Democrats. Um, just Lindsey Graham showing his, uh, as Glenn said, you know, weird little face on, on television reminding folks what type of a troll he is. And now he just keeps trolling us. Um, like I said earlier, the only thing we've seen are when that Republicans have stopped talking about abortion because the more that it comes up, the more people get riled up and rightly so um, really upset by it and then go out and get registered to vote and remember that there is an election this November and that polls have come out and shown these amazing numbers of people that, as we've always said, most Texans, most Americans support access to abortion. Um, so if anything, this was him serving us uh, an amazing, you know, maybe another spike in, in the polls of people registering to vote, of people hating these anti-abortion, you know, uh, politicians and Republicans, um, of helping us, you know, win in November. So Lindsey Graham, keep going, keep showing your troll face, keep keep trolling um, and, and helping us out. Um, and wanted to show some quick uh, poll numbers that I know I shared um, in the uh, another uh, podcast already, but just to remind that uh, Progress Texas, along with some of our partners at Texas Freedom Network, Planned Parenthood Texas Votes, Avow, ACLU of Texas, and Deeds Action Fund, we did a poll um, that again showed that most uh, Texans especially uh, support access to abortion. Um, And that specifically, uh, just to, uh, you know, knock out that misconception that Latinos might not support abortion, but actually they do. They're in the majority. They are 16 points more likely than white voters in Texas to support abortion. Um, And this is a poll. These numbers have grown since Roe has fallen, um, and they are a huge group here in Texas. Um, And, you know, I know a lot of what Lindsey Graham has tried to do and other Republicans are trying to use this sort of religion excuse that people are religiously conflicted about abortion or not. But again, the poll we did proves that that is not the case. Most Texans, regardless of their faith, even if they are Catholic, Christian, um, most support access to abortion in most or all cases. Diana, what you've just said kind of brings a little bit of an idea to my head in that this thing with Lindsey Graham could almost be seen as very similar and sort of in parallel with the telegraphed leak that we got of the Roe v. Wade overturning, that that was kind of an early warning of what was coming. And we saw that early warning and sure enough, it came 
we could look at this thing from Lindsey Graham as this is an early warning of what's coming. Uh, should the Republicans gain some kind of dominance or even slightly increased numbers uh, in the U.S. Congress? Uh, this is definitely what is on their minds. Of course, it's going to require support from other Republicans. So, Brett, is uh, is this thing from Senator Graham DOA or are there fellow Republicans who are starting to maybe climb on his new little bandwagon? Chris, like I, oh my God, I don't even know if I can have the words to describe like how much it is both and also neither. Like it's just kind of insane, which let me break this down a little bit. But basically um, we were talking this morning, especially Diana, since you so helpfully provided those poll numbers, we were talking this morning as a team about, you know, why couldn't Lindsey Graham have done something that was poll tested and popular? And the thing is, I think that this decision by Lindsey Graham was strategically smart, but really just politically stupid. And let me give you a little bit of an analogy that Chris and I actually came up with together. It's kind of like Donald Trump tweeting out that he only took the documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago after he declassified them, which strategically, he's trying to provide himself a cover. But logically, it's like, okay, not only are you clarifying that you took the documents, but now you're also saying that you know that it's not, it's illegal to take classified documents. Same thing with Lindsey Graham. So as Diana provided, a lot of Americans, the vast majority of Americans support abortion access before 15 weeks. What Graham did was he pretty much took that to mean, and this is a common mistake Republicans make, especially now, he took that to mean that Americans would support restricting abortion access after 15 weeks. That's not the case. And the thing is that he actually is not entirely wrong to think that this is a not an issue that Republicans can run from, because a lot of them have just tried to shut up about it. And quite frankly, they should. They've taken a really unpopular position. There's in tons of internal division, and it's really looking like this might have a severe impact, negative impact for them on their midterm chances, positive for the rest of us and you know, the world in general. But his thinking, um, at least as far as like we can kind of discern, is why would we run from this issue when we can take a stance that's relatively popular and mobilize our base in the process? The problem is that it's not relatively popular and the base that he's talking about is has already been mobilized. There really aren't more people to mobilize in that direction. The only thing it's gonna do is mobilize people in the direction of voting Democrat. And I just wanna say that, you know, there are a couple reasons for this, but um, this, him putting this to the front of the conversation, not only, like you said, Chris, reminds folks of what will happen if the Republicans win the Senate and really defines the election in a way that Republicans were trying not to. But in addition to that, it opens the door for Republican candidates who were already struggling to now have to face really hard questions about, okay, do you agree with Senator Graham's proposal? If not, what specifically do you agree with? If you don't agree with it, then does that mean that you're for abortion access or does it mean that you're for abortion, blah, blah, blah. And these are questions Republicans were really trying to shy away from. And I'll just end this sort of spiel by saying that I was listening to the Daily um, podcast this morning, which I know I mention all the time, but it, it's it's a good podcast. Um, I was I was listening to it this morning um, while I was at the gym, and I literally laughed out loud when I heard this. I must have looked like a crazy person. But they were saying that apparently Blake Masters, who is the Republican um, Senate 
nominee in Arizona who is doing terribly right now in the polls. Um, he's the Republican in Arizona, and he tweeted out something to the tune of, I support a 15-week abortion ban, and a spokesman for him tweeted out, why, 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 why? <laughs> like, why in God's name would you do this? And it's just, it goes to show that this is not an issue Republicans want to deal with. And Lindsey Graham really went rogue on this, and it's probably, it's gonna end up hurting them big time. I think it's so important to remind folks of what I was saying earlier that, you know, they might try and frame this as an allowance, but it does nothing for the states where abortion is banned outright, like Texas. You know, those still stand. All it does is limit abortion in other instances. And I think that if, if anyone takes anything away from this podcast, it's the polling numbers Diana mentioned about abortion access being a popular issue and also the fact that this is more restrictive than it would currently be and takes the decision away from states, which was supposed to be their reasoning. Well, the choice has become very, very much black and white. We're like, we, we have, they have telegraphed what's coming if they get control. Uh, I think progressives generally would like to go back to Roe v. Wade. And uh, let me put this to Diana. How would you characterize the difference between this 15 week ban slash allowance, whatever they want to spin it as, and what Roe allowed? What's what's the gap between Roe and what Senator Graham is proposing? I mean, Roe, a, a big part of of like Roe having federal protections was like this undue burden thing, and every and what this creates is undue burden. Everything Republicans have created their existence. Hearing them talk is an extreme burden. Um, their faces, it's it's all <laughs> such a burden. So everything everything is is the opposite and. You know, one thing that another thing I thought was was laughable because that's all you can do nowadays is just laugh at all these terrible suggestions by Republicans is when he said, oh, like the exception of, of rape or incest or in the life of the mother or whatever. But we've already seen that that technically, quote unquote, asterisks exists in the abortion ban in Texas, that it's the life of the pregnant person that if their life was in danger, OK, like, you know, then we'll allow an abortion, quote unquote. But so many doctors, so many medical professionals are so scared of being sued and it's so hard for them to tell, like, you know, I, I, I do think the life of the pregnant person is at stake. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to save their lives. But what's what's not to say that the state will still come and sue them afterwards and say, no, like their lives weren't in danger. Um, and that is a, that is a huge part of the burden um, when Roe existed. You know, you were able to, to, to prove if doctors felt a lot more free to do their jobs, to help provide basic health care. And so what this 15 week ban does is the complete opposite in, in a federal way where it, it's not just doing that to those states where we have abortion bans here in Texas, where the doctors are scared. A lot of doctors, a lot of people who are uh, graduated from med school, even my own friends, are not going to live here because they want to do their jobs. So it would create that environment nationwide under Graham's federal bill. It is it is an amazing uh, thing to think about where we've already had uh, uh, women in Texas having to flee across state lines to get abortion care. What we're talking about here is someone having to leave the country to get abortion care. And that's a, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Uh, Glenn, let me kick one to you. Uh, let's bring all this home to Texas. What do you think this new development means, uh, if anything in particular, for, for the midterm elections uh, here in Texas in particular? Well, I think I want to make three points. I think I hope voters understand exactly where Republicans are really coming from, that they can't hide from this, they can't pretend they didn't commit the crime by passing these bills and attacking women's health the way 
they have. So I hope voters continue to understand that and don't let the silence of Republicans mis mislead them. I want to make just two other quick points. I don't think people should ever forget that the definition of when life begins used in the anti-abortion movement is a religious dogma and doctrine out of a particular minority or minority religions. Most people do not hold to those dogmas or doctrines, so they want to impose a very minority religious view on everyone else. Now, what does that tell you? Now you know one of the rationales behind voter suppression, because if they're going to impose a minority view out of a source like that, they have got to cut back on the voting by those who don't believe it. So the two things are connected and happening at the same time. They're doing what they can to, to strip the voting rights from people that disagree with this dogma and doctrine so that they can oppose it on everybody. And that people should remember the connection between these two. There's a reason they do voter suppression. It's not just because they like to do that. It's so they can impose minority views on all of Americans and all Texans. And I hope people keep that in mind as well. That's scary stuff for sure. Um, well, first of all, Glenn, I want to say that I really appreciate you referring to these abortion bans as criminal. I think that's just like exactly you know how i would like to say them and while the imposition of um minority views on the general populace is no laughing matter again another funny quote from today's daily episode that also made me laugh out loud and look like a crazy person was uh, a quote from nancy pelosi who is far from my favorite person but she killed this one she said you know there are some republicans who believe that life begins during the candlelit dinner the night before or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so true. You know, there's just no, like, there's no um, consensus on this. And yet, you know, they're bringing us back to the most restrictive, the most inhumane point, which is classic Republicans. I mean, like you said, Diana, their existence is a burden. All of this feels like a really confusing mystery in part and also a great big gift to Democrats in part. And I suppose we'll see how it all turns out. This story will definitely continue to morph and we'll stay on top of it. Uh, thanks once again for listening and uh, thanks for gathering once again. Uh, Diana Gomez, Glenn Smith, Brett Isaacs, Chris Mosier here for the Progress Texas Happy Hour. We appreciate your support of our org and our podcast and everything that we do. And thank you for doing everything that you do to uh, help continue pressing progress forward in the, here in the great state of Texas. And we will catch you next time on the Progress Texas Happy Hour.